0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, on God, Amen. Our Bible study tonight from Psalm 51, and in the Septuagint, it is Psalm 50. And this Psalm actually we pray it in many, many prayers, like in the Igbeyan, after the Lord's Prayer and Thanksgiving Prayer, we pray Psalm 50. And also, in many liturgical services, also Psalm 50 is prayed The first part of this Psalm, from verse 1 to 10 David pleaded to God to have mercy upon him and to forgive his sins not according to his repentance, but according to the multitude of compassion and loving kindness of God and he asked more than just forgiveness of sin or purification for his soul and his heart. He realized that the sin lifted a stain on his heart. That's why as if he needs a new heart. That's why he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me created me. He needs God to create a new heart and to renew steadfast spirit within him. We start tonight from verse 11 Verse 11 Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me Some people the ultimate goal is just their sins be forgiven and they actually be granted eternal salvation but David has a goal beyond eternal salvation and a goal beyond forgiveness of sin which should be the goal of each one of us the unity with God the oneness with God relationship with God So for David the whole point of cleansing and restoration was to renew his relationship with God So mindful with his weakness he now asks for the grace of perseverance He is asking God not to allow him to fall again into sin for fear that God should deprive him of His grace forever Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit away from me The soul that is truly repentant fears nothing but the thought of being rejected from the presence of God To lose this relationship with God Perhaps David feared that he might share the same fate of King Saul When the Spirit of God came upon David, it is departed from Saul So he was scared lest lest the Holy Spirit be departed from him That's why he said, do not take your Holy Spirit from me As you did with King Saul, don't do it with me Don't take your Holy Spirit from me Then, verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. After having asked God for the remission of his sins, and the stability of grace with the gift of perseverance and that his relationship with God continues David now is asking for the sign and effect of just justification As if he is saying, if you forgive me and you purified me and restored our relationship together then what is the sign to be joyful? So he is asking God to give him back that joy which was his when he was conscious of God's favor and felt that he was, God was his strength and his salvation. He had formerly known what was the happiness of being a friend of God he experienced this in his life and of having a hope of salvation but the joy had been taken from him by his sin because the path of of sin is a dark path and in in that path neither hope nor comfort nor joy can be found and the only way to secure the favour of God is to obey His command. When we obey the command of God, then we'll be in relationship with God and the natural uh, fruit of being in the relationship with God to have joy in our heart. And the only way in which we can have comforting evidence that we are his children is by doing that which is pleasing to him as the Lord said, he who loves me keeps my commandment no one but God can give back the joy which follows forgiveness and purity in the second part of this verse he said Uphold me by your generous spirit Uphold means sustain me, support me Keep me from falling by your generous spirit Again, this expresses David's confidence in God for his future As if he is saying to God If you support me and sustain me by your generous spirit Then I will not fall again So in the dark days before this confession of sin David was not able to teach who were far from God How can I teach people who are far from God while I am defiled by sin I am not purified, my sins are not forgiven That is why in uh, other translation it is not uphold me by generous spirit but like in Philaramsi also according to the Sectuent it says uphold me with a directing spirit I uphold me with a directing spirit. Which means, I can, when you forgive me and purify me and we are back in relationship together, God and me Then, when you give me a directing spirit, I can teach and can direct people I now tasted the joy of salvation and I want everyone to taste, taste and see how good is the Lord But if I don't experience the joy of salvation how can I speak to others about it that's why in verse 13 he said when you sustain me with a generous spirit then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you my role is to teach But through your grace, sinners shall be converted to you. So the psalmist now turns from prayer to promise. Prayer, don't remove your Holy Spirit, sustain me with a generous spirit, restore to me the joy of your salvation. All these are prayers. Promise, I will teach the transgressors your way. So if God will grant his petitions, restore him to favor and renew his spiritual life then he will first teach transgressors God's way. He made a promise because a truly grateful heart cannot be satisfied without making some repay to God for his goodness. In another Psalm, David said, how can I repay God for all what he did for me? Then he said, I will take the cup of salvation and I will call in the name of the Lord. So preaching should be a natural response, a sign of our Gratefulness to God When we experience His forgiveness His uh, uh, purification And also restoring The relationship And the most satisfactory Payback is by deeds I will teach Not just by words I am grateful to you O Lord David's determination Is to do his best to promote the glory of God by bringing others to salvation by turning them from their own evil ways to the ways that God would have them walk in Saint Jerome says about this verse David became a teacher of repentance and until now we learn repentance from David Father Onsimus of Jerusalem says, everyone who repents his sin and returns to what is better will become a role model for transgressors to follow, to return to God, to seek his mercy. As we learn from St. Moses the Black, St. Mary of Egypt, Augustine, David, uh, St. Baissa, Verse 14 Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed O God, the God of my salvation And my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness David asking God to deliver him from the guilt of bloodshed Because he had been the cause of the death of of Orea, but also of others people with him so he killed many people so he felt his hands are defiled by the blood of these people and he felt guilty that's why he told him deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed David knew that with his guilt dealt with before God he would again be able to sing aloud that my mouth shall show forth your praise so I need to be delivered from the guilt in order for my tongue to be able to sing aloud of the righteousness of God maybe the month that David spent before confessing his sins were silent from a spirit of true praise David composed many Psalms maybe the time from the murder and the adultery that he committed till Nathan rebuked him during this time he couldn't compose one Psalm that's why he told him deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed then my mouth shall show forth your praise But here he said Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed O God Then he repeated again O the God of my salvation For to deliver from imminent danger Is the province of a Savior Only a Savior can deliver a person from imminent danger So the psalmist knew That being God He could forgive his sin, remove his guilt, free him from punishment which no one else can do. That's why he called him God of my salvation. Since God is God of our salvation then David had good reason to hope and believe that God can do all these things because he is a savior. If God is Savior, then He can save me He can forgive my sin, can remove my guilt He can set me free from the punishment Verse 15 O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth Your praise So, David is asking God to remember His gracious promises accomplish them regardless of his unworthiness because grace is a free gift from God given to us not based on our worthiness but based on the graciousness of God and when he said my tongue shall sing aloud of of, of your righteousness your righteousness means your right act, your faithfulness, your promises to be true and faithful. As we read in First John chapter 1 verse 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when David speaks about the righteousness of God, He is not speaking because he heard that God is righteous but because he experienced in his life God is righteous That's why he told him If you deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed then I will go and preach your righteousness because you are the God of my salvation and the consequence of the perfect justification and salvation of the sinner is his lips which were used to praise God before falling in sin but were closed by sin through his absolution and forgiveness should be opened again to praise and thank the Redeemer and I'm sure all of us who experience this we used to pray and to love prayer love to praise God but if we drifted away from God we feel that prayer is very heavy I cannot pray but with repentance and receiving the gift of forgiveness and restoration and purification our mouth will be opened again to praise God David felt his lips were closed that's why he said oh Lord open my lips by forgiving and pardoning my sins and restoring my joy and confidence, God opened the lips of David. And when my lips will be opened, then my mouth shall show forth your praise by proclaiming His mercy and justice to everyone, not only to the present, but to all future ages. Until now, we are speaking about the Psalms of David, in which he show us the praise of God. So he didn't, he did not show this or proclaimed the mercies and justice of God to his generation only, but to future generation. O oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. Means the power of praise. Correctly to praise correctly is a gift of God. If we want to praise correctly, this is the gift of God. Verse sixteen. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. Psalm fifty, the psalm before this psalm actually spoke about that God is not pleased with animal sacrifices animal sacrifices is just a symbol but this cannot forgive our sins or can please God so David in Psalm 51 he expressed the same principle that was mentioned in Psalm 50 God is in no need for sacrifices Yes, David understand that although animal sacrifice had its place in worship But what God really desired is the heart of man He knew by prophetic way that these animal sacrifices Is a symbol of another sacrifice which is a mystery for him at that time David is offering the sacrifice of praise because sacrifices of animals are not pleasing to God Animal sacrifices are of no value when they are offered by sinners because God is seeking obedience more than sacrifice obedience more pleasing to God than offering of sacrifices. Also sacrifices of animals has no value as relates to the recompense of sin. As we read in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse four, it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. It is impossible And it is in such sense that David says here You do not desire sacrifice for the remission of sins Or else I would give it God's satisfaction could only arise from the spirit in which the sacrifices are offered The spirit of gratitude, of devotion, self-denial, obedience. David actually had a great love for the house of God and had sponsored great sacrifices unto God. But he understands that one could sacrifice an animal or many animals to God without a broken and contrite heart. And all this, these sacrifices will have no value. These sacrifices will have value if they are offered from a broken and contrite heart. That's why he said, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. Then he told us what is sacrifice the sacrifices of God. Are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, this, O oh God, you will not despise. So David recognized the emptiness of all that. And the value is in the broken spirit and the broken and contrite heart. David explains more fully how acceptable to God is the sacrifice of praise when we praise God what will make the sacrifice of praise acceptable before God if this sacrifice comes from a broken and a contrite heart when we acknowledging our own misery and acknowledge God's mercy we will humble ourselves before the power of God, attributing all power, all honor, all glory to God, and humiliation and disgrace to ourselves. A broken and a contrite heart, this, O God, you will not despise. For God despises the proud, resists them, but to the humble who willingly submit to God, He always gives His grace as we read in James chapter 4 God gives the grace to the humble but He resists the proud Verse 18 Do good in your good pleasure to Zion Build the walls of Jerusalem Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness with burnet offering and whole burnet offering then they shall offer bulls on your altar from verse 1 to 17 actually David was praying about himself but it is characteristic of David to pass from prayer for himself to prayer for the people committed to him his congregation, he's a king and especially to do so at or near the end of the psalm. so toward the end of the psalm, he start to pray for his people, for his city David was sensible of the wrong he had done to Judah and Jerusalem by his sin David realizes that his sin may have negative influence on his congregation and he closely connects and identifies the people with their capital city so when he says do good O Lord to Zion he's not speaking about Zion as a city but the people who live in Zion so he connects and identifies people With their capital city So in verse 18 He prays that God Would do his good pleasure With particular Favor and grace He bore to that Place Which he had chosen To put his name there God actually chose Zion To be his city City of God And there the the temple Would be built and there his name will be put that's why when David told him do your good pleasure to Zion as if he is reminding God with his promises you give grace to this place and you choose to put your name there do good in your good pleasure to Zion Built the walls of Jerusalem, but at that time the walls of Jerusalem were not broken. So, what did he mean by build the walls of Jerusalem? It may mean himself. Jerusalem can refer to a person because you are the city of God, you are the temple of God. So, or He is saying, I am the king of this city and if I am the king of this city, then I am like a wall to guard and to defend the people. So build the walls of Jerusalem, I am broken by my sin, but when you forgive me and restore me and you build me, then I can guard and protect and defend your people who are living in Zion. But some scholars regard these verses 18 and 19 as being added after the exile as if they were not written by David Then Jews returned to a ruined Jerusalem where they found it necessary to rebuild the walls So as if these two verses are not written by David but written in a later time when they returned from the exile they ask God to restore Jerusalem so the people can offer sacrifices in which God can find delight. So, if you build the walls of Jerusalem, the temple is built or renewed, then people can come and offer sacrifices that delight your heart. But many scholars said, no, these verses are written by David himself and David may have a more spiritual meaning so by saying, build the walls of Jerusalem he is praying for the prosperity of God's people build the walls of Jerusalem can mean it is a prayer that God would favor and bless the people as if the city was to be protected by walls and thus rendered safe from any attack by the enemy so protected from any attack by enemies and when the walls are completed God shall receive the public sacrifices which will naturally be offered on the accomplishment of this such work that's why after he said build the walls of Jerusalem then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness with burnt offering and whole burnt offering then they shall offer bulls on your altar so if God would show himself reconciled to him and his people as he had prayed so if God is reconciled to David and to his people as David had prayed, then they should go on with the public services of his house. So the sense of God's goodness to them would make their heart full of expression of thankfulness and obedience. Once they realize the goodness of God, then their heart will be full of gratitude, thankfulness, and obedience. Here he used burnt offering and whole burnt offering. What is the difference between burnt offering and whole whole burnt offering? They will then come to His tabernacle with burnt offering, with whole burnt offering, which were intended purely for the glory of God. As you know, the burnt offering was burnt completely, and this offering the only goal of this offering is to please God as you read in Leviticus chapter 1 and the people now they will offer richly they will not offer lambs but bulls upon his altar a symbol of their gratefulness to God these sacrifices offered willingly by grateful hearts so these sacrifices will be pleasing and acceptable unto God, because these are sacrifices of righteousness. So God is not happy with the animal sacrifice, the animal that's slaughtered, but with the heart that offered this sacrifice. So burned offering only denotes the sacrifice as ascending in smoke and flame. When the burn when they burn the sacrifice first smoke and flame go to heaven so when he said burn it offering he is referring to the ascending smoke and flame toward heaven but when he says whole burnt offering he is referring to the sacrifice as entirely consumed so when they put the bowl on the altar. Once they start burning it, so th- you can see smoke and flame going up, that is the burnt offering. When it is consumed completely, that is the whole burnet offering. It was the rule that the burnet offering should be wholly consumed, wholly, this implies the entire self-dedication of the worship symbolizes the complete self-dedication of the person and the second designation is added in order to emphasize this idea of the sacrifice so he repeated with Burnet offering and whole burnt offering so this repetition in order to emphasize the idea of this sacrifice, whole self dedication, whole self devotion toward God. As if he is saying, when we dedicate ourselves and offer ourselves as living sacrifices, it is not half offering, but whole burning offering. The psalmist offered a strong cries in the beginning of the psalm, seeking the great mercies of God, confessing His iniquity, trusting in His salvation work. Psalm 51 is the way God's people think and feel about the horror of their own sin. This psalm reflect and explains the horror of sin. And this psalm is often called The Sinner's Guide And often helps the returning sinner So if I'm away from God This psalm can guide me into steps of repentance And help me to return to God Saint Athanasius recommends to some Christian To whom he was writing To repeat it when they awake at night so he said, when you awake at night, just recite Psalm 50. And St. Augustine points to David as example to those who have fallen into temptation. So David now became an example and role model to anyone who falls into temptation. St. Augustine said, listen to David crying out and cry out with him. Listen to David groaning and groan too Listen to David weeping and add your tears to his Listen to David corrected by God and share his joy If sin could not be denied access to you Meaning, if I am tempted and I fall or I fell in sin Let the hope of forgiveness not be deburred. So if you fall in sin, don't lose hope. And this psalm is an example of the hope of salvation and restoration and purification that God granted his people. This actually concludes Psalm 51. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.